0: Hello everyone and welcome to our discussion about devsecops. Uh, my name is Vlad Gram and I am head of DevOps unit in Second Digital so I am responsible for uh, various uh, DevOps and DevSecOps projects. <clears throat> I also have some experience in Microsoft field and I was working in Microsoft for a few years. So Alex can you please introduce yourself?
1: Sure. Uh, Hey everyone, my name's Alex. I'm a cloud solution architect here at Microsoft. Um, I'm working predominantly in CE area with focus on apps and infra. Um, I do specialize in DevOps. So today that's why we are talking DevSecOps guys. Mm -hmm.
0: So security. Yeah. Why everyone, uh, especially businesses are talking so much about security and why security is so critical today?
1: Well, I mean, if you, if you look at all the reports, uh, you know, we are exposed to constant attacks, like data breaches, like ransomware. You can get all those statistics coming up, but I really like to take this and kind of a look at from a little bit of a different angle to make it a little bit more personal. Like Mm -hmm. a couple of weeks back, I left a VM just with a password with a public IP on the internet. And I did have like an intrusion detection tool running on it. And you wouldn't imagine how many um, probes were there to actually attack this VM. And my point is, um, today we don't have just people that are sitting around behind computer doing stuff all those things are becoming automatic automatic scanning automatic attacks so just assume that constantly if you have a public ip you are under attack the other point is that um, there was a report that between 80 and 90 percent of all programs or let's say projects that are released today actually have um 80 to 90 percent uh open source code within them and if you look at it you have a bunch of libraries that you are including in your project and they they actually depend on other open source libraries so you have this huge graph of libraries that you are including and this really increases the attack surface of the product that you are releasing and with the idea of having these automated tools that are kind of constantly probing you for attacks and this huge amount, and this, I would say, graph of libraries that you have that you need to constantly check for vulnerabilities. I mean, that's a lot of work to do. And that's why, kind of, having something to kind of do those security steps for you, it's like really, really important.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, if we're talking about uh, automation of attack surface, uh, so, can we do in automated way, like for example, securing the CICD pipeline? Can, can we do uh, an automated security as well?
1: Well, uh, I mean, you always will need to have like this manual interaction, at least kind of a reviewing and monitoring the things that are happening there. But as we spoke previously, uh, it's really um, a large, you have like this large surface that you need to cover. Mm-hmm. And when we are talking about CICD pipeline, I, I really kind of heard that notion that for every hundred developers that you have working on your product, you have around 10 QAs and just one security guy. And obviously mm-hmm. just having one person kind of doing all the security stuff on such a large volume, it mm-hmm. really doesn't scale up very well. And that's why we are kind of a looking for a way to bring those security tools, bring this, um, I would say to bake those security tools in your process. And that's where the CI CD or continuous integration and continuous development actually meet the security part. What you mm-hmm. wanna do essentially is to have your security tools and all those security scanning for vulnerabilities as part of your process or really automated and baked in with your CI CD pipeline so that you can kind of make sure that everything that you do passes through some sort of a security check. Even though it's automated, you know, it's, it's not blocking you or it's not kind of stopping you. So it's there and it's always working. If you look at the traditional way that we were doing things without automating the CI CD pipeline, once you have your deliverables, your security officer will do an audit or a scanning. They will develop like, um, or maybe they will discover something and they will come with a list of reports. uh, Like these are the things that you will fix. And very often, or at least based on my experience, uh, time is very crucial because your deliverables are usually either late or, you know, it's at the some specific date. So having something like this at the end could be a blocker Mm -hmm. and you would try to maybe skip them, even worse kind of uh, remove the report and just release something so that you have something kind of uh, delivered to your users and this really exposes you. And that's why having this automated, having this bait in your CI CD is like really, really important.
0: Mm-hmm. So uh, if we cannot do it at the end of the CI CD pipeline, where we should put the security? in this case
1: Uh, that's a that's a good question and i think that there's like this notion that it became popular with i believe quality but it's now kind of becoming very popular within the um uh, security part and that's the mindset of shifting left we were talking about shifting left of the quality now we are talking about shifting left for the security. And that's really related to what we discussed uh, previously, rather than having something at the end that's on the far right side, right? You want to shift as much as possible to the left or kind of a bring this um, security scanning and audit and all these procedures as close to developers as you can. And Mm -hmm. a lot of people kind of saying this, it's kind of abstract, but, this could start or this process could start as early as your planning phase, right? So, for example, if you have your uh, product or project manager coming and saying, yeah, we have a new feature um, on our e-commerce website, we need to add a new payment provider, for example, credit cards or something like this. And right at this point, when you are planning this feature, you can have something like security impact assessment or threat modeling. And this would be the point that most probably you will understand that you need to comply with certain standards like uh, PCI DSS, that's for the credit card stuff. And this kind of puts you in certain contexts, You need to know that you need to have like certain environments. You can use Azure blueprints, for example, to provision an environment like this. And just like that, just from the start, you have something and you are concerned with the security. Now you are thinking about it. It's being planned. And these are steps that if you're kind of a following some form of agile project management, you can add it your definition of done. So it's a visible work and it's something that needs to be done. But as said previously, this is shifting left. And now it's not just the security guy at the end, it's everybody that's kind of a starting from the planning development operations, they are concerned with that uh, thing. So that's really kind of a bringing this uh, to the developers and shifting left.
0: So uh, there is a new buzzword trending uh, in our market called devsecops yeah uh, so uh, how would you or like from Microsoft's perspective or from your perspective define the devsecops process and what is devsecops comparing to devops
1: yeah uh, well <laughs> that's a, that's an interesting question right now we have a lot of like data ops mlops uh, devsecops And um, it's kind of a way to, uh, the way that I understand it and the way that I present it, it's kind of a way to bring this agility that the DevOps process have into different areas. And specifically with DevSecOps is bringing this agility in the um, security area. And what we discussed, that's kind of including certain tools or certain parts within your DevOps process that are related to security. And to be a little bit more specific how this might look, again, just not to be like very vague, um, if you are let's say into the software development, there are certain phases, of course, there's plan, develop, uh, validate, deploy, monitor. But if you are, let's say a developer, you might look at this as a pre-commit, commit, and then you have acceptance, production, and operations. And in all those steps, you can actually add certain steps that are related to security and are taking like piece by piece um, addressing some of those security concerns that you can have. And for example, in the pre-commit part, uh, you can have something, as we said, threat modeling um, and some sort of attack mapping, but you can kind of go a step further. And for the development environment, you can put certain security plugins. um, You can enforce certain secure code standards. You can have something like uh, pre-commit hooks that would scan the source code for any credentials that you might be kind of committing. So for example, if you are committing to a public repo, it happens from now and then that somebody will publish like a key or a password and you know there are automated tools that are scanning for those things then at the commit stage um you will have things like automated testing you have like static code analysis um i think that very important here is to mention that that would be the place to place things like open source security vulnerability scanning as well as license violations Uh, Because when we are talking about DevSecOps, it's not just about like security vulnerabilities that you need to check, but also it's about compliance. Like, are those libraries that you are using compliant? Are, you know, do you have the right to use these specific licenses? So at the end, when you do an audit, can you release your product? So this would be maybe at the commit stage. And at the point that you're like acceptance, this is more on the... um, Continuous delivery part, I would say. You'll do your functional tests. That's the parts where you do like dynamic code scanning for the endpoints, things like that. You can do um, security smoke tests. Um, that's where you will do like the server hardening and all those things. And finally, you have the monitoring part, really, which is once you deploy. It just doesn't like statically stay there like you pass through everything and that's there you can still have some automatic tools that will do automatic penetration testing or maybe you can do this continuous scanning so if due to some reason somebody goes and changes the configuration at the runtime environment at least you can catch it and you know that you are now exposed With something like this. So these are more or less the uh, specific points. And of course, in the spirit of DevOps it's the blameless uh, postmodern. So if something happens like log it and then try to write, find the root cause of what happened and address it because it's really a learning that you have there. So I would say, in my understanding, these are more or less the steps that you can include. And that's how the security is related to the DevOps pipeline. Mm -hmm. I hope that answered the question. It was a really, really long answer. I know.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but it it was a good answer. So uh, here we are talking about something like a
1: continuous security,
0: right? And we are trying to automate the security checks. Uh, so, uh, can, can you describe some, I don't know, key principles of the uh, DevSecOps and continuous security to follow?
1: Well, uh, as a key principles, uh, there, there are a few things that you need to have in mind. And the first thing that I really like, it's more related to security rather than the DevSecOps is Um, assume that you're under attack or you're being breached, right? That's a very good principle to start. A lot of people Mm -hmm. say, um, we are not going to be under attack or something like this, but most probably, they just don't have the monitoring to see what's going on, right? So having this principle and knowing this um, is like, okay, at some point, you know that you're going to be attacked and most probably breached, right? So it might happen. So it's better to be prepared. So what are the steps that you have? What are the drills? Do you have like backups? Can you recover? So what are those steps? So this principle, I think it's a very, very good starting point. The other point is um, the notion everything as a code, right? Uh, Coming from the DevOps world, we talk about like infrastructure as a code, configuration as a code. Now we are also talking about security as a code because once you have all those tools, being baked in your CI, CD pipeline. It's really configuration scripts. It's it's how you configure your security scannings and things like that. So once you have everything as a code, all of this is actually being checked in your source control repo. It's visible to everyone. So now security becomes visible. It's not something hidden. And it's also scalable, right? Because if it's as a code, you can rerun it and then you are not depending on some poor uh, security guy at the end kind of a dealing with all the havoc that will come at the end of the process. So that's that's really part of it. Um, I would say the other thing is like have like a constant process. Um, having it there is okay. I've seen quite a lot of uh, companies introducing way too much tools and what would happen is that people will not see value in them and will start kind of uh, cutting corners or skipping tools and things like that. So Constantly evaluate, just like in the DevOps process, constantly evaluate your um, security process, um, the process that you baked and optimize it so it doesn't block your developers and really brings value. And I would say the last point is, you know, look at the leaders and use the tools that they are providing, right? You are not alone. I mean, in current world, you have like this huge open source um. World where everybody is kind of a contributing. So they there are tools, there are configurations that you know are existing. So why not use it? And again, if we speak about um, Azure specifically, because that's primarily where my experience is, you have things like Azure blueprints, Azure policy, um, Azure groups, existing templates. So you just need to reach out and kind of take them and benefit from them. So that would be it, and of course, as we said, like this shifting left mindset, it's really, really important uh, to have this idea and have this culture to have like this uh, DevSecOps implementation.
0: Yeah, Uh, when you mentioned uh, security as a code, I remember uh, the thing that uh, actually also very important. So when we have security as a code and compliance as a code, uh, we are also changing the culture of our company because exactly. uh, yeah, because everyone knows that security will be checked and everyone pays attention to security.
1: That, that's, that's absolutely true. And this also brings me to to another point uh, in this mindset and in, in this change. Now, everybody is developer. Where you have everything as a code, this means that everybody writes code. And now we are not like developers, QA, security guys. We are all engineers that are working on these systems. So it's definitely definitely a very good point
0: yeah um, but currently on the market as you said in, at the beginning uh, security engineers are pretty rare and uh, they require like it's uh, very expensive to enter this market because you need to know lots of tools so how to transition from uh, devops to devsecops smoothly when we have this lack of security guys and security knowledge on the market
1: yeah well uh... That's that's true, and this kind of brings me to this anecdote that we heard: like 100 developers. Thank you, a Swan Security guy. So uh, it's it's starting to appear that this is actually true. So not that much security professionals out there. Um, in terms of culture, when we are looking at the cultural part, um, it's really. Um, in order to have like devsec ops practice you need to have like devops practice right so this kind of a puts some baseline this means no silos right so mm-hmm. it's not like tossing deliverables here and there also this means this visibility within the organization when when we are referring to this like everything as a code and now everybody is concerned with this so this is really um having this um i would say making this visible um, also, the reuse of assets, right? Very often, uh, you have like two or three different projects working in the company. Everybody is doing its own thing and reinventing the wheel. Now, if you have something like inner source, it's also related to security. Why not share those practices? So this goes down to breaking down the barriers. But in terms of like, what would be the practical steps that you can approach? I really liked um, one of um, one of the recommendations that I've recently read. If you are just starting, you know, and you are at the point where you do this security scanning at the end, right? Just don't keep this report to yourself and showing to you know your executives to say, "Look, these are the problems that we have." Uh, the first thing that you can do is really log those issues or those vulnerabilities as uh, things in your uh, agile backlog either as issues or bugs, or maybe as user stories that needs to be addressed. And once that they are there, they're actually becoming visible. And now you need to address them just like the bugs. So for me, that's a very, very good uh, first step. Um, I would say another step would be once you have these, maybe have some sort of, um, I would say, uh, security smoke test implemented. Like don't go with implementing all the tools because, you know, it. it Based on my experience, it's just too difficult. Maybe start with one tool that will do a baseline security scanning. There are a couple of tools. I think that Zap baseline is definitely a good one. It doesn't take a lot of time to introduce. And try to automate this. So every time you have a deliverable, just try to run it. And once you have the results, log them as um log this, log them as issues. And once you kind of have this, I think that this would be the really foundational part of having this. Sh- uh, shift left mindset. And of course, um, I would say there are a lot of, I mean, if you're lacking like security talent, and if you don't know where to start with your tools, there's always, I would say, companies that could consult you and kind of uh, help you with your uh, DevSec, uh, ops journey. Uh, so definitely don't hesitate and reach out at least for kind of a starting at that point.
0: Yeah, thanks. Uh, this actually reminds me uh, our case study when we uh, engaged our customers as a DevSecOps engagement. So, uh, uh, the idea was to uh, first of all define the end to end pipeline as it is in DevOps part. And uh, while our security consultants were writing policies, Uh, We've been putting everything into backlog and, uh, for example, uh, we had the penetration test results that was uh, actually created as a backlog. And also one thing that also helped our customers was uh, to designate a security champion in the team. So it was a DevOps engineers or ops engineers or developer engineer, but uh, his responsibility was actually asking questions on every uh, sprint planning, on every uh, every meeting, uh, asking questions about security and uh, challenging the security and automating the security. Yeah. so he was not a security specialist he was not an expert but he was responsible for this and he became such an expert inside the uh, client's team
1: true true and i mean when you mentioned this like um when somebody is kind of reaching out to you you're working with different customers so you have a good overview of all the tools that are out there and there's like no single case that's like uh, like you can't really replicate. There's so much to, so if you have this knowledge and if you look at somebody's pipeline and the end product that they are working because you know the domain you will say okay these are the tools that most probably apply to you and when you're doing this training for the person that became champion now he can be focused and rather than doing exploration all the tools he will know okay these are the tools that are most probably working for us so i can focus there and that's where we can kind of concentrate our you know efforts and build some expertise of our own so we can kind of uh, further develop uh, there as well. So that was like an excellent excellent case, yeah.
0: Yeah, and actually uh, at the end, I wanted to say that uh, currently Ciclum and Microsoft were becoming the partners and uh, we are working on this DevSecOps initiative together. So uh, Ciclum will also help Microsoft clients to implement DevSecOps processes and practices at their companies.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, just uh, why is this really necessary? And um, as I said, there are so much tools. And even if you look at our portfolios, just to mention some of the tools, we have the Azure Secure DevOps kits. We have the analyzer scanner. We have security credential scanners. Uh, we do have the blueprints, which are specific environments for specific domains. Then we have things like. Tools that are like Azure Advanced Threat Protection, Azure Policy, Management Groups, maturity, uh, Monitoring, Security Center. And on top of this, you have the third party tools that are being integrated with Azure DevOps, like Sonar Cube, White Source, um, you know, all those stuff. So, you definitely, if you are just starting and you don't have this expertise, you can definitely benefit from some consulting, somebody to point you out, or at least to kind of build this initial pipeline. And just to kind of, um, other, some something additional um, that's goes into the area of managed services uh, and that's what you kind of created and that's what we worked on creating this managed service offer that you can go to customers that are also Microsoft customers and help them with kind of a working with those tools mm-hmm. so yeah definitely yeah
0: uh, thank you Alex it was really interesting to hear you
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was like a really, really interesting conversation to share a point of view on this. Uh, Really appreciate it. Thanks.
0: Yeah, thank you.
1: Have a nice one. Bye.